1: Hey, everybody, welcome into the Horseshoe. Oregon 35, Ohio State 28. This is Rapid Reaction, is brought to you by Byers Auto. Not the outcome that any of the four of us predicted and hard to really uh, put uh, any kind of silver lining on what happened to Ohio State here today. The defense absolutely collapsed pretty much the third time in a row that you could say that. The offense wasn't able to make up the slack. A couple of fourth downs that they wanted. They couldn't get it done. Uh, and then the coaching staff trying to uh, search for some answers afterwards to explain what happened. Ohio State can certainly go on and still win the Big Ten. They could run the table like they did in 2014. Haskell Garrett, team captain, said that afterwards. If they did in 14, they lost week two in this building, went on to, to hoist that trophy. Sure, why not try that again in 21? But this team, Berm, Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, I'm Austin Ward, they have a lot of things that they need to answer before we can talk about that.
2: Honestly, it just felt like watching 2018 all over again. You see the quarterback number seven back there, throwing for 500 yards. You're putting him in a position though that he has to be absolutely perfect. And CJ Stroud was not absolutely perfect. He has struggled with the overthrows a couple times. That kind of ended the game. That was the final nail when he threw the interception at the end. you know, for Ohio State, a couple drop passes that could have been big plays, uh, Kate Stover, Jeremy Rucker, pull drop touchdowns, essentially. Uh, Chris Olave had one on a big play that was dropped. The Buckeyes offense needs to be perfect if the defense plays like this and the offense was pretty damn good, but not good enough to, to save uh, what a defense that I just, I just looks
0: lost. Yeah, and despite everything that the defense did terribly incorrect and wrong, Ohio State was an overthrow, to Garrett Wilson away from tying this game with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter and then you talk about, you know, just a one possession game and anything could happen there. So, while everything looks terrible right now and the defense looks like it's absolutely lost like Berm said, you think if that pass gets completed, then you go into a tie game with four minutes left, you send your defense back out, which actually showed some life when Oregon got a little tight, because I do think Oregon tightened up a little bit. Anything could have happened there, and that's not to excuse anything that did happen, but I guess there is are a couple silver linings here, but I don't think that's what we're here for. There come games
3: in your career as a coach or as a player where you've just, in essence, you've got to outscore the other team because your defense isn't getting it done on a consistent basis. And then when your defense gave you a couple chances there late to really turn the tables, maybe even get it to overtime, then your offense, which had to be perfect in the, in the come from behind, the comeback, wasn't perfect when it really needed to be perfect. And that kind of sums it up. But uh, I did not expect Oregon... To have as much success offensively as they did in this game, I did not expect Ohio State to run up over 600 yards of offense and only score 28 points. The inefficiency there is stark for anyone. At one point, they were they finally converted a fourth down with one out of four on fourth downs. Those are kind of the stats that kind of jump out at me. I'm talking about to that point, uh, but uh, like I just get back to. You. Sometimes there's a game where your defense isn't getting it done, and you just got to step up and outscore everybody. That didn't happen either today.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I don't, to, to point that to the offense is hard. I mean, yes, there was a, a penalty on oh, there. i not lane at all I, I know you're yeah. not, I know you're not. But 28 as it, opposed to 40. It, you know, the other part of that then comes back to the coaching. So yeah. schematically, Ohio State was completely outclassed, certainly on defense. Uh, there were decisions for Ryan Day. This is the first time normally you stand there and you log the aggression. He goes for goes for the gusto. He's not scared to make those big calls and throw it even on fourth and one. We've seen that in big games. Well, I mean maybe this is a different looking situation if you kick a couple field goals. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna, this isn't the point to, to second guess <laughs> that particularly yeah. because there were so many other things that caused that. To dwell on that would be pointless. Kerry Combs did come up to the post-game press conference. Uh, you have to give him some credit for owning up to that, and which he did, he yeah. said that this is on him. Um, I don't. I wanted to wait, and people that have watched these shows uh, said that I'm you know, taking it too easy on him. Too well, knee I wanted, jerk. Too knee jerk. I wanted to wait until he had a full complement of, of players that he wanted available to him. And Josh Proctor was not 100, but he basically had that today. And they were lost. And the the continued continuing freewheeling line changes, substitutions were still there. There are players on the field who definitely did not deserve to play in a top 25 game on the field. And I just, I don't know how that happens when you know that you have two, three, four, ten 10 games after this where you're gonna be a double digit favorite yeah. and you have to win today. Yeah. And the silver bullets that, you didn't earn that moniker today. I but,
3: asked him about that, you know, and game, I mean, everybody's wondering, why are you running so many players in there and stuff? And you wasn't really a clear answer, except uh, I think the idea was maybe they deserve it. Uh, to play for whatever reason. I think I agree with you on who is and who isn't worthy. part uh, around down the line, he tried to, you know, semi-explain some things, but the main thing he says is it's on him, and but when, a, when a team runs, and pardon my uh, uh, analogy or uh, to the Hoosiers uh, film, but when they run the swinging gate on you three times, around the same left end, and the guy goes almost untouched for touchdowns each time, wow. There's some teaching that's not getting done. Something's not getting done. Scheme-wise, Taraji Mitchell says the scheme's there. So, you know, where do you go now?
2: I mean, you go to a different scheme, clearly, because that's not, it wasn't there. And no matter how many times you try to put makeup on the pig, it's still a pig. And, uh, you know, this sort of game is just one of those moments where, again, you've seen Ohio State in the last handful of years where they had that game. It just didn't feel right. And. You know, kudos to Ryan, Dave, and the offense for keeping it close because this one felt like Purdue to me, honestly. Where you're just watching it, going, can we get anything to happen correctly? And the offense uh, in in the Purdue game in 2018 couldn't make that happen. They couldn't keep it close. But you know, C.J. Stroud balled. I mean, he, the guy played really hard. He, I, I do think that obviously a young quarterback. Those overthrows, if you're going to miss, you miss short. You don't miss over the top, and especially in a key part of the game. Uh, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. These guys were all great, but. If the offensive line, which was hadn't let anyone touch CJ Stroud all year, gives up two sacks in the last four minutes, well, a couple throw, falls.
1: Even the throw that Spencer mentioned to Garrett Wilson, he yep. had to adjust and he couldn't yep. step Correct. into the throw because there was mm-hmm. another person in his face. There, There is blame, what you're saying, yeah. to go around for the entire roster to think that it should be focused on CJ Stroud or the people that are already suggesting Quinn Ewers. That is 100% not realistic. Yeah. And quarterback play was not the problem. For no,
2: definitely not. This was not, you know, again, I'm going to go back to that Purdue game. Ohio State had multiple opportunities to score touchdowns and didn't. In this game, they had the same score. same situation. You just can't you you can't lose points when you're in this yes. part of the field and the buckeyes you know you can point to potentially missed calls i mean obviously people are always going to harp on those chris olave was dragged down on the fourth and two at the in that end zone uh, chris olave was targeted and speared uh, by noah sewell uh, you know on, on the i mean Bay,
1: i don't know sure
2: I, like i'm not sure how you how you look at that I, I don't know what targeting is but i know that was it
0: yeah that's the crown of the helmet that's supposed to be the... and I'm going to take it back to the other side of the ball we heard throughout training camp that this team was thin at linebacker even the coaches i think even admitted at times this team was thin at linebacker and then you look out there and there are five six seven guys rolling in at linebacker are you thin or are you not do you have guys that can play or do you not and so that's one of the things for me that is so puzzling about this roster right now is they preached that they were thin at linebacker they had to get answers at linebacker yet they're just continuing to play seven guys as if it's the deepest right. unit on the roster. But when it's oh.
2: also very clear that Taraja Mitchell and Cody Simon are the best players at the position. Yes. But, but you know what? And and they're, and that's, they're near that's the end. Fun. I think they
3: played Cody and Taraja Mitchell that's. pretty
2: yeah, but straightforward. but I mean, you can't do that only in the situation yeah, where like oh where, where you're in the uh, oops I crapped
0: my pants situation. You do that
3: next week. You do that next week, but you don't do it in a week like you this. Have, this is a Harbinger
0: game. You have Tulsa and you have Akron on the schedule. Tulsa just lost to an FCS school, and Akron hasn't won a game since I was in the womb. They suck. Like wow. you can you can do that against That's those two. Sc- you can do that against wow. those two schools. You cannot do that against Oregon, and they did it anyways. And so the puzzling nature of this defense. I don't know how you fix it, but you've got two weeks now against abysmal opponents to do it.
2: Ryan Day said last week that they were trying to get through Minnesota and Oregon and then figure it out. Like, and I wrote about it last, last Saturday, Friday, like you don't have that luxury when this game was on the schedule. Like this, you had to have a plan. And if you only played 14 guys on defense today, so what? If they're the best 14 guys, you know, there's a, there's a litany of things we could talk about. Yeah,
3: but let's get right to the point. I mean, you know, we know social media is all out sure. for for Kerry Combs right now. Does Ryan Day even does he harbor the thought uh, over the weekend of a change at the defensive coordinator position? I if mean, so what would that change be? I don't. I
2: mean, I don't see how that's possible at this point. I think clearly he has to get more involved in what's happening with the defense as opposed to being the hands-off approach he's taken. But you know, we talked about it what three weeks ago. We thought you know that front four had to be the 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 standard bearer for the defense yeah. while everyone else sort of figured out. I thought the defensive backs played pretty good today. Anthony Anthony Brown was less than 50% completions. He didn't tear up Ohio State through the pat I mean, yeah, there was a couple open spots in the middle of the field, but that's linebackers who don't know where they're supposed to be and a safety that your your starting safety breaks his leg and is out for the you know for the rest of his Ohio State career. So now you got you got to fix things, but that front four: Tyreek Smith, uh, Zach Harrison, Javante Jean Baptiste, Haskell Garrett. These guys got to make plays. They and no one is.
3: Which play stung more? You think, Austin? I'm asking you this: those the swinging gates around the left side three times in different ways. I also snuck a tight end out on the same kind of look and got a first down going. Or was that that
1: run by Ver, C.J. Verdell right up the middle? I think it's got to be challenging. I mean, I mean, challenging wow. Ohio State in the middle, like. They got the scheme thing. We've seen that before. They give credit to Joe Moorhead when he gets that stuff. Hey, if Ohio State's not going to adjust and, and correct their alignment issues, then you continue to take advantage of that. But if you're running right up the middle at them, and we saw that very same thing happen yes. to Ohio State and Minnesota, what Berm is talking about for the front four, for the linebackers, for the front seven, that is a manhood test yes. right there. Yeah. And that's where Ohio State's personnel in no situation should have been outclassed by Oregon. Whatever happened today, and Oregon played very hard, they played very well, they're a top 25 team. Berm can bring up the recruiting rankings if he wants. One through 85, Ohio State had probably 83 of the best players on the well, field especially today. Especially considering
2: Oregon's top two defensive players didn't play.
1: Yeah. Well, getting back to scheme then. <laughs> All right, you Spencer's know, in over here. So many times, so many
3: times, getting back to scheme though, on so many plays, where are the linebackers? I mean, that is a question that keeps reverberating. Right. And that one high safety is doing them no good.
0: I'm not going to stand on this field and continue to talk for the entire evening. Nobody wants that. But the last thing I'll say is I wonder if it's time for Ryan Day to sit Kerry Combs down and say, listen, I know you love being the energy bringer. I know you love being on the field. Maybe it's time to go up in the box and have a different view of seeing things. If you're going to be the defensive coordinator and make all these tough calls and, and have to see everything that's going on, I know he loves being the guy in 30-degree weather that's that's sleeveless, and he loves being that guy who's in everybody's face, but there comes a moment where the defensive coordinator needs to be a defensive coordinator, and I wonder if it's time for him to go up in the box. And that's just a a weird, small thing, but it also can make a big difference if a guy can see things from a different perspective.
1: Tim, to answer the question that you asked to kick it all off, where are the linebackers? Oh, that was left out. I don't think Ryan Day is going to make that sort of snap, uh, knee-jerk reaction to make a move with Kerry Combs. So I, I don't either, but... If he did, I'm you asking, asked the question. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason that Ohio State could even consider it, which I don't think they will, is that he brought in someone with defensive coordinator experience to be an analyst this offseason. Right. So I I don't think you magically make a change after two weeks and Paul Rhodes takes over and you kick Kerry Combs with everything he's accomplished to the side of the road. Agreed. But this group collaboratively Paul Rhodes has to be a part of that behind the scenes. He, and he's limited in what he can and cannot do in that role. Uh, whether that should be the case for college football the one, as a one eye conversation. safety look though what is your what is your take on that?
3: I've had so many of my buddies who think that is so stupid to play one eye safety. They don't remember hardly anybody having success with that. I remember somebody who did. I did too. I do too. <laughs> there, but, you, but he's a head coach at the Boston. But college. it doesn't
2: if you don't have a safety who is a game changing well, no mis- mis- mistake erasing safety, yeah. then you can't run it. And Jordan Fuller ain't walking down this tunnel, you know? So at some point, Ohio State is going to have to have some hard conversations. And Ryan Day is going to need to sit. Kerry Combs, Paul Rhodes, Matt Barnes, Al Washington, Larry Johnson, everyone. What is going on with this defense? Because this is, as you said at the top, three straight games now where they've not only been, uh, you know, challenged defensively, but they have been just toyed with
0: defensively. And that's a major concern. And to add injury, insult to injury, I don't think Alabama whipped them up front. Not entirely. I don't think Minnesota whipped them up front. Oregon whipped them up front. I mean up Oregon got what it wanted on the off, on the on the offensive line as part of the run game. And when they wanted to get to CJ Stroud late in the game, they got there. Yeah.
3: They sold out a few times to get there
1: too. Ohio State
2: didn't get close to Anthony yeah, Brown.
1: Didn't get it done. And and now Ohio State loses it's all margin for error trying to get back to the college football playoffs. They're talking already about getting to Indy. All that's still in front of them. We'll have a lot more to talk about when we get back into letterman live the tim may podcast weekend kickoff previewing next week which should be uh interesting but probably not as informative for ohio state they've got to regroup uh in a hurry and obviously in a major way this though has been rapid reaction it is brought to you by buyers auto that is spencer holbrook tim may jeremy birmingham i am austin ward that's a that's a wrap on oregon 35 ohio state 28 stay tuned for more coverage at lettermanrow.com
3: step into the world of power loyalty